Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Nutrible Podcast. My name is Mike Murphy. I'm Chief Nutritionist at Nutrible, and I'm here today with David Swinburne, who's one of Nutrible's nutritional therapists. David has a clinical expertise in men's health, and today we're talking about testosterone and specifically why testosterone levels are in decline in the male population. David, you know, before we get into this topic of why they're in decline, maybe we should step back and just talk about kind of what testosterone is and what it does for us. Can you answer that? Of course. So testosterone is the main androgenic sex hormone that is present in men. It's also present in women in a smaller amount. Most people will associate it with sort of mate-seeking behavior and libido and muscle building. But testosterone is a, a very important molecule that does a lot more than that. It's really useful as a predictor of health. So if you have low testosterone, you're nearly three times more likely to develop a named disease than somebody who has testosterone in a normal range. So it is obviously very important for libido and sexual function, um, but it's also very important for things like energy metabolism and lipid metabolism. So the balance of fat within the blood, which then has a knock-on impact on your cardiovascular disease risk. So we're looking at the role that testosterone plays in heart health, your level of inflammation, for example, and immunity. So testosterone is very important for regulation of the immune system is very important also for cognitive function and for mood and reducing your risk of depression things like that so testosterone is very important for a lot of different things rather than just the things that grab the headlines really right right well why are levels in such decline and how much have we seen testosterone levels fall in the population so there was a study in 2007 that came out, which showed that there'd been an age unrelated. So meaning that it's not to do with people living longer or anything like that. Testosterone levels are just lower in men of the same age today as they were 50 years ago, essentially. So what they found was that there's a 20% drop in testosterone levels unrelated to aging. So that signals to us that there is something going on, which is causing more men to have lower levels of testosterone. And we've seen that with the increase in the incidence of male infertility as well. So that's getting a lot of traction in the media recently. Well, um, what percentage of time was that 20%? The study was between 87 and 2007 was when the study was published. So 30 okay. years. 30 years. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty yeah. big drop. Mm -hmm. What about before that? I mean, you know, had levels come down prior to 87? Do we think? I think so. The data wasn't there. They didn't have the technology to measure it in the early kind of 1900s. But when they've looked at indicators of what testosterone levels might have been in cavemen, for example, then they're probably about a third of what they were then and possibly even lower than they might have been thousands of years ago. But the instruments weren't there to measure. So these are only based off of predictions. What are some of the symptoms that someone might feel if they're kind of at the low end of the testosterone spectrum? So these are symptoms that you wouldn't notice just overnight. You wouldn't wake up and feel horrendous. It's normally something that just creeps in over time. And you might put it down to just a symptom of aging or, you know, having young children at home or something like that. But 
when you evaluate them on paper, then you may find that you, you think, actually, this, this could be me. So what you'd be looking out for is a disturbance in sleep is a really common symptom. So sleeping for less amounts of time or waking up in the night, finding it difficult to get to sleep. Low libido and difficulty with erectile function is another symptom. You may notice some physiological changes, changes in body composition, a reduction in muscle mass, a reduction in athletic performance or performance in the gym. You may notice a change in your mood, for example. So you may feel a little bit lower, a little bit more depressed, a little bit more down. Lack of focus at work or low cognition or slow cognition is another symptom. You could notice development of breast tissue or man boobs or the scientific name is gynecomastia is another common one. And if you were to have a blood test and they picked up that you had a low red blood cell count, that could also be an indicator of low testosterone as well. Interesting. I'm sure these are some symptoms that some people watching might, might be experiencing and wouldn't necessarily pin it to testosterone. Maybe they've even had their testosterone effect and their doctor has said, you're perfectly normal. What do you say to that? It's quite common. You get lots of people who may be on the low side of normal, but that doesn't mean that it's normal for them. So there's a couple of different measurements. In the UK, we use nanomoles per litre and the reference range is between 8 and 31 which is quite a wide window of, of reference range to be considered normal. And then in the US, they use nanograms per deciliter. So the reference range for that is between 300 and 1100 nanograms per deciliter. So again, a very wide reference range. If you're at 320, but your optimum amount is going to be six or 700, you wouldn't be surprised that you're feeling some of those symptoms, but on paper, you're still in the normal range. Gosh, that's, that's really important information. So what can we do about it? What are some of the suggestions that someone might follow, say from a dietary perspective, their testosterone is low or they're feeling some of these symptoms? So first of all, the easiest thing to do is to get a blood test. And it doesn't need to be something that you go to the GP for necessarily. Your GP should be able to do that for you. But if you wanted to do it yourself, you can get some of the at-home tests where you just take a pinprick of blood. Once you've got your numbers and you know what we're dealing with, then we'd know what the best things to do from a nutritional and lifestyle points of view are. But for managing the nutrition side of things to encourage production of testosterone and so to support healthy testosterone levels, you'd be looking at reducing the amount of inflammatory foods that you eat. So we're talking about foods that are cooked in oil or processed oils, so anything deep fried really can have a negative impact on testosterone levels. Also foods that are high in sugar and high in simple carbohydrates. Again, they're going to drive up inflammation, which will result in a reduced testosterone level or certainly won't help support healthy testosterone levels. So once you've removed those from your diet, what do you want to do? You want to eat as many different varieties of fruits and vegetables as you can. You may have heard the term eat a rainbow before. So as many different colors as you can, as many different types and varieties of foods as you can. Some of the studies they've done around microbiome, so the population in your gut, say the healthiest balance is if you can eat 30 different plant foods per week. So that sounds like a lot, but if you eat four different types of nuts in a week and, you know, five different types of berries in a week, you've already got nine. And then that's without including anything else 
any types of salads or vegetables or fruits, anything like that. So it's a lot easier yeah. to do than it sounds. So many people say, my God, 30 different plants a week. That's crazy. But yeah. you're right, it does add up. I mean, even in a salad, you might have three different types of lettuce, you know, there might yeah. be some rockets, some watercress, you know, they all count. Or yeah, as you say, maybe you've got some sunflower seeds and some pumpkin seeds and there might be some radish, boom, right there. You know, you've got six or seven. So it does add up quick. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that we can do is make sure we're getting enough healthy fats and cold pressed mm -hmm. fats as well. So getting enough of your omega-3s, whether that's from oily fish or whether it's from plant sources such as nuts and seeds. Flax seeds, you may want to be careful on flax seed because that's got a very, very high phytoestrogen content in there. So that can have a negative impact on testosterone production. So phytoestrogens are plant estrogens, essentially. So making sure that we're not exposing ourselves to too many of those if we have low testosterone levels. We'd want to just keep an eye on that. Yeah. So soybeans would fall into that same category. Yeah? They would, yeah. Soybeans are sort of second on the list of the highest concentration of phytoestrogens. So flax seeds is number one and soybeans is number two. Good thinking. David, what about nutritional supplements that you might recommend? So lots of different nutritional supplements that are there. Again, make sure you're working with a practitioner to help with, you know, dosages and timings and any interactions that you might have with medications. But vitamin D is one of the obvious ones. So there's a, a good amount of research on increased testosterone levels with vitamin D supplementation. So vitamin D is really, really important for your testosterone and your bone health. Then we've got some trace minerals. So magnesium is very important. So again, there's some studies that have shown that you can increase magnesium significantly when you supplement at dosages of around about 10 milligrams per kilo of body weight per day. So very, very useful. Okay. Magnesium is also very important for sleep. If you're a poor sleeper, that can have a negative impact on your testosterone production. So magnesium will help support your sleep and your testosterone. So that's a good option. Then you've got some of the things, your trace minerals that you would normally find in soils. So your boron, for example, is another one that are really important for, again, testosterone production. And we've seen some good increases in testosterone levels through supplementing with those. Then there's a few herbs and plant extracts that are kind of new on the market. So you've got things like Fidoja agrestis is a, a new one. That one comes from a shrub and that's been shown to be able to increase testosterone levels via increasing luteinizing hormone. Ali is another one. So this is a relatively new one on the market. It's been quite well studied now for safety and it seems to boost testosterone very nicely without having any sort of negative impacts or negative side effects. And then one of the final ones that many people might have heard of, it's quite popular now, is ashwagandha which is it's the mechanisms mostly around reducing cortisol and stress and the stress response, which will thereby help increase testosterone levels because there's a real relationship between increased stress levels and reduced testosterone production. Mm. That's kind of a nice lead into style recommendations. Lifestyle is one of the easiest ones to do because we can make some simple changes so as we said sleep is the number one thing that you want to try and optimize so making sure you're getting a good quality sort of eight hours of sleep a day 
If you are struggling, then go and see somebody and there are some supplements that you can use to help with your sleep. And that will then help with your testosterone production. So when we restrict people of sleep, they did a study of five hours of sleep. So restricted quite significantly. There was a 15% reduction in testosterone production. So sleep is the number one that you can optimize. The second one is activity. So making sure you're getting some exercise and it's a mixture of different exercise as well. Not just endurance cardiovascular training, prolonged cardiovascular training has been shown that it can slightly reduce testosterone levels. So we want to mix it in with a good amount of strength training and, you know, really, really sort of heavy hit type resistance work is what you want to do two to three times per week if possible. And that will help give you testosterone levels a nice bump up from there. So the other lifestyle things that you can do is to work on your sort of relationships and your downtime and being more relaxed and reducing your stress levels. So all of those things together, if we can manage our stress levels, that helps with the sensitivity of the cells that are responsible for testosterone production and therefore increases your, your natural production of testosterone. What about exposure to toxins? You know, I'm thinking namely kind of environmental toxins do they play a factor yeah there's lots of evidence now around environmental toxin exposure so we're talking about things like herbicides pesticides fungicides plastics preservatives in things like cosmetics and sunscreen and things like that lots of evidence now around the role that some of those play in testosterone levels in male fertility and overall sort of general health risk from increased levels of those within the system. So some of the simple things that we can do to try and reduce our toxin exposure, reducing our plastic exposure is probably number one. That's an easy one to do. So just try and use less plastic at home. Try and make your own food rather than buying it ready bought or ready prepared in plastic. So making your own salad for lunch, for example, put it in a glass box for lunch rather than buying something that's being pre-prepared from the shop and it's in a plastic container. Drinking water is another one. So bottled water or water from the tap, both of them have got different contaminants in. So plastic contaminants from bottled water is another easy one that you can avoid. So just use a water filter from your domestic water supply. So from the kitchen tap, essentially, and just use a charcoal filter. Whether you want to use one of the all singing or dancing ones that you get fitted under the sink, they're very expensive, or you can just use a simple charcoal filtered jug, filter the water through, let the water run through that charcoal and then transfer it straight into either glass or stainless steel. And then that won't allow any of the plastic to leach into the drinking water that you've got. What about some of the products? that we buy you mentioned sunscreens and other things that are just everywhere are there choices that can be made there yeah so your cosmetics and your fragrances and sunscreens lots of them contain lots of chemicals that are now known to disrupt testosterone production so for myself i spent a great deal of time researching lots of the organic mineral based sunscreen for example so you'd be looking at kind of a zinc based sunscreen what they've shown is some of the chemicals that are in there, they bind onto the estrogen receptor and they switch it on. So this is for men and women. This is quite important. It switches it on and then UV light, interestingly, kind of glues it onto that receptor. So it permanently leaves that receptor switched on. 
one of the best things that you can do is to just buy a mineral-based sunscreen. It's also better for the environment as well. So it's better for the marine life and coral, things like that. In terms of cosmetics and fragrances, you want to be looking at things that are parabens free. So parabens is a preservative that's used to prolong the shelf life of something. So just reading the ingredients on there and trying to find the most natural ones and do your research on what brands are really paying attention to this type of stuff. And then, you know, try and go down that route. Excellent. Thank you for watching. 